I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 514 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. Congressman Andy Biggs joins me on First Class Fatherhood. He represents Arizona's 5th District, uh, where he is serving his third term in the United States House of Representatives. Before being elected to Congress, Congressman Biggs served in the Arizona legislature for 14 years. And Congressman Biggs is a member of the House Judiciary, Oversight, and Reform Committees. He is the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, the co-chair of the Border Security Caucus. He is a retired attorney who has been licensed to practice law in Arizona, Washington, and New Mexico. But he is an Arizona native who has been married for over 40 years. They have six kids and seven grandkids. It's an honor to have him on the podcast today. Congressman Andy Biggs will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between Congressman Biggs and myself, please get over and subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. If you guys enjoyed today's interview with Congressman Biggs, go take a listen to some of the interviews I've done with dads who are running for Congress currently, uh, such as Graham Allen, who is running for Congress in South Carolina, Eli Crane, the Navy SEAL, who's running for Congress in Arizona. Also, I've had former Congressman Sean Duffy on the podcast, Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Bob Kerry. you got to go through and check out all the dads that have been here on the podcast. I'm sure you'll find one you're interested in listening to. And since this is a Frogman Friday, I got to announce here, too, the Frogmen are doing their third annual Navy SEAL swim across the Hudson River this year in remembrance of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, as well as the 10th anniversary of Extortion 1-7. It's going to be a major event, and I am going to be there at the Hudson River covering the event for First Class Fatherhood. I'll be live streaming. I'll be doing interviews with the Frogmen themselves. It's all to support the GI Go Fund. Visit GIGoFund.org and make a donation to help out. It's for a great cause. And as I said, I'll be bringing you some great content, so make sure you're following me. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit me with a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. It always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show to see us celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Congressman Andy Biggs. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Right, Dad. Sports stadiums are beginning to fill up once again. Concerts are coming back, and Broadway shows will be here before you know it. It's time to take your kids to an event and start making memories once again. And there's nothing wrong with saving a few bucks while you do it. My partnership with SeatGeek means that you can save $20 off your tickets by using the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. Let's go, dads. We've been cooped up way too long here. It's time to start enjoying sports and entertainment again the way they were meant to be experienced, live and in person. Visit SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS at the checkout and save $20 off your tickets. A gift for first-class fathers from first-class fatherhood. Joining me now, first-class father, Congressman Andy Biggs. Welcome to first-class fatherhood. Alec, thanks. Good to be with you. All right, let's jump right into this. How many kids do you have? How old? I've got six kids, Alec, and uh, the ages are, this is this is odd use to the alternate even numbers, so I've got uh, 38 to 22. 
Wow, yeah, incredible stuff. And so take, take me right back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey here, then, about how old were you when you first became a dad, and then how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? So um, my wife and I both got, we were both 22 when we got married, and uh, our first, we, we, had a, we had a baby that didn't, that didn't live, and then we had another baby. Um, so I think we were probably about 24, 25 right in there. You got to try to figure out how so long time ago. So probably about 24, almost 25 when we had the first uh, life baby. And how did, how did becoming a father, how did that kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, my goodness. It changes everything. I mean, first of all, uh, you got this new little life uh, depending on you. It's a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of challenges. And this particular little guy, he was, he had colic. We did, he didn't sleep through the night once. For seven months, for seven months. And, you know, but it's a lot of fun. And you, you realize it comes with a lot of responsibility. You've got a, you've got a, a, a little little person you got to take care of. Yeah. And you know what? I, we have four kids. We had three boys, then got the girl on the fourth try. Otherwise, I'd be catching up to you. But we got her on the fourth try. For my wife and I, going from two to three was the most challenging for us. What would you say of having the six kids? What would you say was the most challenging transition as far as the number of kids? I, I think I think when we went from five to six was really a a, a big a big step um, because um, now you now you had you had to have a bigger car okay let's just you know you got to make sure you got all the seat belts and everything that you have to need. no it was I think that was probably it because at the same time that you have this little infant you have we got teenage boys that we were that were in sports and other activities. And so you are just running all over the place, trying to, to meet the demands of everybody in the family. Yeah. Great stuff. What would you consider Congressman to be the top values that you always hope to instill in your kids as they grew up? I, th I think uh, we wanted to install uh, uh, what I would say, righteousness and faithfulness to God, uh, integrity to, and, and uh, live your life uh, honestly. Um, and and more, a sense have a sense of moral values of what is right and wrong, and understand that there is objective truth and objectively right and wrong, and uh, and and live by your conscience and and uh, the spirit of spirit of Christ. Quite frankly. Yeah, very well said. And one thing I talk about, Congressman, on this show all the time is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in the country. We got so many kids are growing up without a dad in their life or a father figure living in the home. So I think it's, it, I th in my opinion, it's the number one social issue we have going on in the country. We're trying to solve all these other social issues, but until we strengthen our nuclear families, I think we're just going to be kind of spinning around in circles here. What, what, are, are, do you agree? Are you seeing this? And what could we do maybe from a political standpoint to start healing and strengthening these nuclear family units again? Well, first of all, I, I, I do agree. I think um, I think the family is so important. I think fathers in the home and mothers in the home are really important. That's not to say that if you're a single parent, you can't do great work and you can for sure. But uh, it is such as we were, we were talking about, it's such a it's it's a responsibility. It's hard work. So it, it, that teamwork is so vital. And also you want to you want to have modeling being done by both by both um, fathers and mothers it's so critical um and it, it, with with that in mind well i think as a policymaker, uh one of the things we want to do is we we need to lessen the burdens on families i mean whether it's tax burdens regulatory burdens whether it's the burdens of of uh, 
the imposition that we put on those regulate uh, on you from the government, those tend to actually um, cause families to have to adjust how they live their lives. And, um, and government doesn't take into account that enough. I mean, policymakers don't. They, they think of things like, okay, well, this will be good for the economy, or we'll, we'll, we'll have a million new jobs, or we'll have a million fewer jobs, instead of saying, what does this do to uh, the family out there? And, and we need to be questioning that more, because almost everything we do has, has either uh, an incentive that's pro, pro or an incentive that's con, and we need to be very careful, careful about that. Yeah, really good stuff. And I know Arizona, border state, I know we're having trouble with the border here. And one of the things, a lot of these guys are just shoving these kids across the border and they're coming into the country with no parents, no father figure, no mother figure. And I know that that's got to be created. I just had um, uh, Navy SEAL Eli Crane on the podcast. He's running for Congress now in Arizona as well. He spoke to us a little bit. What is it like for you there in Arizona with, with the kids that are coming across the border? Is this becoming an issue, having these kids? Uh, are we having the same issue here? They're having no uh, family, no nuclear family for them. Uh, what are we doing with them? So so this is a really huge problem because a lot of this is blatant human smuggling, and some of it is even related to sex trafficking. So there's abusive things happening, some inhumane things happening to children coming across the border. And... Um, I was looking at a, a, a CBP agent get showed me just a couple weeks ago when I was on the border, a picture of a little seven-year-old girl they actually showed me a series of photos of kids coming across without, without parents. They just put in the hands of these, these, uh, of these coyotes, these, these human traffickers, they come across and they, who knows if they've been abused or not, because we're not, we don't really fully vet and check out and see because we have no way of, of finding these, these individuals. And you know what? Then, then we will return to somebody. So the, a lot of them will go to a mom who's basically snuck into the country, put her child in with these inhumane people. Now, if you and I did that, we'd probably use, lose custody of our children. But we, but we reunite them. But there's also a lot of kids who come and we don't know where they're going. And we don't follow them up. We don't, so we'll place them with somebody, a sponsor or something. Maybe they're a relative. Maybe they're not. A lot of times they're not. And we don't follow up on them to make sure they're cared for even properly. So this is, it's a problem. It's a problem of immediacy today, but it'll have a generational impact going forward. Yeah, it's scary stuff, Congressman. I just can't believe that you mentioned there, too, that this child sex trafficking. I mean, worldwide, obviously, it's an epidemic. But even in this country, I can't believe it's like not the number one thing trending on Twitter every day that there's kids that are being sex trafficked. And it's not the biggest yeah. story of the day. To me, that's mind boggling. So. Um, yeah. Let me let me bring it back into you as a dad here. What, what, what type of disciplinarian would you say you were as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? I, I was just a marshmallow, Alec. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I think I was. I, you'd have to ask my kids what they thought. I thought I was I thought I was a pretty tough guy. But, you know, uh, I, I, I think we tried to be fair. I think the, the key for us was always make it um, uh, mediated if possible, whatever you know, corrective action you were going to take and make it rationally tied to the, to the, to the inappropriate conduct. I mean, I, I was, I, I would say this, even um, Peterson has said, you know, sometimes you're going to have to give a little pop on the bottom or something. And, I, and we would ha sometimes have to give a little pop on the bottom just to, to, to corrective action while they're little, you're, you're trying to guide them along. But uh, I think we tried to have a rational, relatable uh, discipline. 
And I'd say my parents were probably, my parents were probably pretty well the same. And my wife's parents were pretty well the same as, as well. They were uh, a lot of trust given. We tried to give a lot of trust to our kids. Yeah, well said. And I, what about as far as family traditions? Do you have any family traditions that you guys stick to year in and year out? I know I would imagine with the six of them getting everybody together has got to be quite a challenge at times. But what, what, are your, um, what does that look like for you? So for us, it was our, our growing up was always uh, a traveling with the kids. As we always made sure every year we traveled. Uh, the other thing is we always made sure that uh, on Christmas uh, Eve and Christmas morning, we had a we had a set of traditions that we did, you know, and, and we still try to do them. So if we're with our kids, if it's only one, you know, maybe it's a, a, a son and his wife, we're still I'm still going to get up on Christmas morning really early and make make cinnamon rolls and do the whole thing like that. That that's what that's what we do. Yeah, really cool. And then obviously, I think, uh, unfortunately, our political atmosphere in the country has become so toxic on social media and everything else. So, I, I mean, how, how has that affected your family? I mean, I know some of this stuff could be very brutal. I just from having guys on the podcast, I get slammed on social media. So I can only imagine being in your shoes what it's like. Has that affected your family or what has that been like for you as a dad being a congressman? Well, I mean, there's no doubt about it that my kids have had uh, the pleasure of uh, incurring the wrath of, of people who knew who, who that their, what their relationship to me was. But fortunately, um, you know, I've been in a long time and, and so my kids have seen it and they, they've been able to adjust to it. And and for the most part, it's it's OK. Um, but but I will say that we we kind of as a family, we kind of are a we provide a some kind of group therapeutic session where. Where you know if somebody's taking it on the chin, everybody else says, "Oh, don't worry about it." Blah blah blah. They're just a jerk for saying that. That kind of thing. But uh, anyway, it, 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 we 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 make it work. We make it work, and the kids are great. They're very supportive. My wife's very supportive, and that's that's the way it works. Yeah. Well, God bless you for it. Uh, now, what about for yourself here? What kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future? I I hope this weekend, Alec, to maybe get seven eight hours of sleep one night. That's that's the immediate goal. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. You know, if, if, if possible, my, my, my long-term goal, I was talking to my wife about this. Uh, two, two things, Alec, this is important. So my hair is cut short since the last time you saw me. Um, and the reality is uh, my wife said when I quit being in Congress, I can grow my hair long. So that's that would be goal number one is grow my hair long again. And then the second thing is, uh, is to be able to get my music studio up and running. Because, I mean, it's it's there, it's close, but I can't quite get there because every time I get going with it, it's uh, it's time for me to, to to go to an event, to do work, write an op-ed, whatever, you know. So, <laughs> so one of these days, I hope to have that studio up and going. Well, good luck with that. The last thing I want to hit you with here, Congressman, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Oh, I think uh, I make sure that you support the your your wife, the mom. You know, make sure that's that's really critical to you, and make sure you you uh, maintain patience, trust in God, and have a whole heck of a lot of love. Yeah, very well said. I love the message, uh, Congressman Andy Biggs. It's been an honor for me. You're a first class father all the way, and thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, thanks. Thanks for what you do.
back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Congressman Andy Biggs for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I will be live streaming from the Hudson River with the Navy SEALs as they make their third annual Navy SEAL swim across the Hudson River this year. It is in remembrance of the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and the 10th anniversary of Extortion 1-7. So make sure you follow me to check out the content and get over to the GI Go fund.org website and make a donation that's all i got for you guys today i'm alec lace thank you for listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers